one, or two, or three, or four, but five, Force Five. Welcome to the Force Five podcast, a show where I challenge my guests to come up with a movie-themed five list, and then we talk about those lists on air. I'm your host, Kleberg, and today my guest is Tots Galvis. Hey, Tots, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Um, tell me a little bit about who you are. I mean, pretty basic. You know, I work, and like everyone knows, I love my dogs, my family. But mostly my dogs. That's like the big one that everyone knows. Yes, of course. And how many dogs do you have? I have two, but a third every like two days, my brother's dog. Uh, And I know a couple of them are shepherds. Yeah, my dog and then my brother's dog. And what's the third dog? She's a Maltese poodle. She's a little one. That's awesome. I got you on here to talk about a list that I think is really fun. Um, Tell us about the five list that you chose for today's show. Yeah, so because I'm a creep, I chose five scary scenes from horror movies. Five scary scenes. I was, I knew that somebody would pick this eventually. (laughs) I didn't know it would be like so soon, but (laughs) I was stoked to like do research on this list. Some of the lists that people choose, I don't have to do much research because I've like they just popped into my head. But this was one where I wanted to go back and see the scenes again to really make sure that they still scared me and everything on my list still scares me. Yeah, no, same. I mean, I didn't go back and watch because some of these I've watched recently, but like two of them I don't need to watch because I already know they're still going to scare me. It, it was fun doing the research for this list, and I'm really excited to hear what you came up with and then share some cool stuff that I came up with as well. Now, before we get to that, I want to talk about some things we have been watching lately. So uh, I'll start with one thing that I've been watching. I watched a short movie on YouTube called Cautionary Tales from 2018. Cautionary Tales is... It's not a big time sink. It's like seven minutes long. And it's really interesting. The The frame up in the very first scene, it's this guy sitting on a bench and he's got like a deformed mouth. Oh. His mouth almost looks like, do you, are you familiar with those like claymation movies, like the Wallace and Gromit movies? Oh yeah. 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 So his, oh. his mouth kind of looks like that dude's mouth. Oh jeez. Yeah, it's and it like at first kind of like obviously it's supposed to be like horrific. And you follow him to this group and it's kind of like one of those therapy groups for people with these kind of odd deformities. And it's his first time there, but you learn some things along the way and then at the end, like the end credits is where the big like twist comes. I want to watch that. Yeah, it's called Cautionary Tales. You can find it on YouTube. Like I said, it's really short, so it doesn't take That's up a easy. huge. Yeah, it doesn't take up a huge amount of time, but definitely well worth the watch. And uh, yeah, I really like that. Um, tell me about something that you've been watching. So, YouTube. I've been binging this girl Bailey Sarian. She, I love true crime, so she'll do true crime cases, and she's doing her makeup at the same time. So I binge like 60 of her videos. Holy moly. Caught up. Yep. I've been, I've had a problem. And then <laughs> I'm watching a YouTuber play The Last of Us Part 2, which is, you know, it's okay. Do you play PS4? That's the thing I don't. But I, I like watching this one guy play. His name's The Rad Brad, but he's pretty funny with his commentary. Um and I like most of the horror games he plays. I have played through the first one, but I have not yet picked up the second one. Yeah, the story's a little, it's a little eh. Mm. It's not not as good as the first one, but I feel like you still should, you know, play, see what you think of it. That's interesting. I've never run into somebody who watches game streams, <laughs> but doesn't also play games. I know, I'm a weird human. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, the other girl that you mentioned, the the true crime stuff. So does she put one out like once a week? It, what like what's mm-hmm. the release schedule? So okay, it's murder mystery and makeup Monday. So every Monday she'll post a video, and her commentary. She's a one. I love her. What's the What's the best episode? Like, if you were to recommend one episode for me to start with. Oh my god, there's so many. I'm doing my makeup right now, by the way, while I'm talking to. <laughs> Have you heard of Edmund Kemper? Yeah, I know of him because of the show Mind Hunters. Okay, so oh yeah, me too. But I've listened to podcasts about him. Um, but she does a video on him and her commentaries. She's just she's really funny. And then, or this one's a little. It's a little more gross, the person um, and the way he would kill people. But the Toy Box Killer, that's another good episode of hers. So I watched two road trip movies, I guess you'd call them, like on the road movies. And (laughs) just by coincidence, I watched these kind of in a row. Uh, The first movie I watched is called A Perfect World. It's from 1993. And you got a lot in common, Philip. Both of us is handsome devils. We both like RC Cola. And neither one of us got an old man worth a damn. Eight-year-old Philip Perry has just been taken hostage. Are you gonna shoot me? Oh yeah. By the most dangerous man in West Texas. Put the gun down, old timer. You couldn't hit me anyway, probably shoot the boy. Get in the car, Philip! This could be Jump. his lucky day. Complicating law enforcement attempts to apprehend him, Haynes is believed to have an eight-year-old boy with him as hostage. This is not a penal escape situation. This happens to be a manhunt. You know, Philip, you have an American right to eat cotton candy, ride roller coasters. You got a phone? No. Then go inside, lie down till we're gone. The basic plot of Perfect World is... You've got these two convicts that break out of prison. This It's set in like the 60s, late 50s or early 60s. You've got these convicts, they break out of prison, and they go into this small neighborhood to try and get a different car. And in that neighborhood, they run into some trouble and they take a kid hostage. So they it's now it's the three of them on the road. Uh, You've got one of these convicts played by Kevin Costner and he plays kind of like this more laid back criminal. And then you have another criminal that's more psychotic. And then you have the little boy who's like between eight and 10, somewhere in there. And it becomes this really kind of cool story where the kid who's younger, he hasn't really grown up with a father and Kevin Costner through this journey kind of becomes like a father figure to him. It's a great relationship on screen. And it reminds you of why Kevin Costner was a big deal in the nineties to me, Kevin Costner hasn't really done anything great in a long time. No, no, but he was really good in this. Um, this is one of those movies when I watched it, it was, I couldn't help, but think this would really benefit from a remake. I normally don't like remakes, but this movie could really benefit from a remake. This seems like it. I haven't, I haven't watched this movie, but there's a lot of good actors. There is. So if you're looking at it right now, do you see how terrible the poster looks? Yeah, it's really dated. (laughs) It looks so bad. And even for an early 90s poster, the poster is terrible. (laughs) And I think that's probably why I didn't watch it sooner. Yeah, it just looks like they just photoshopped them into the picture. It's so bad. Um, This one, though, like I said, Kevin Costner's in there. Clint Eastwood stars as the police officer that's tracking them to try and take them down. He also directed it. Of course. Yes. Now the, the whole police thing, there's, there's this gang of police on their tail led by Clint Eastwood. Also in the trailer is Laura Dern, who's like a mm-hmm. prison psychologist. And I love Laura Dern. Oh, she was the second like best her. thing in this movie. Yeah. Like uh, unfortunately that whole law enforcement side of the movie is really kind of boring Mm. and they didn't really have that much to do so i i didn't like love the movie but i really did love it when it was only kevin costner and the boy on screen yeah i think that'd be interesting to watch 
just the relationship. The the other drawback, I think, is that the child actor in the movie is a really bad actor. Oh. Definitely could benefit from a remake, but it's a really, you know, it's a it's a solid movie. I'm going to have to watch that. Uh, you can find that right now on HBO Max. Adding that to the list. It's kind of long, too. It's like two hours and change. That's okay. I just watched Lord of the Rings. That was like a 12-hour day for me. Oh, you watched them all on the same day? I did. I did. They just announced that they were coming out with the 4K versions of all of those. Shut up. I so just now thought... you can get the worst quality ever. I literally just spent like $120 to get all three Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit all in one <laughs> box. <laughs> and now I could get it in 4K. Oh, well. Second thing I've been watching, second movie I've been watching is a movie from 1991 called Motorama. Ah, the open road. It calls to everyone, but it's no place to kid around. And Gus isn't your ordinary kid. He knows a man has to go. Want to play with me? Beat it, kid. Where a man has to go. I play Motorama. Spelled out Motorama, grand prize of $500 million. So you need to look up the poster on this one. Okay. I feel like I've heard of it, but I've maybe I don't know if I've watched it. I would be super shocked if you have heard of this movie. Oh. That poster is awful. Yeah, so the poster oh, looks so pretty bonkers and the entire movie is insane. So, like when you see this poster for Motorama, what kind of movie do you think it's going to be? Like, just looking at the poster. It just looks to me like some cheesy movie. Let me let me start off with the reason I chose it. <laughs> I chose this movie because I was by myself and I was folding laundry when most great Amazon Prime decisions get made. Mm-hmm. I saw this, like, as I was flipping through stuff. And with a two-year-old, pretty much everything I watch is cartoon stuff. Yeah. But my kid's getting really into cars. So I was, I saw this and it's like, well, this looks like it might be a cool thing that he might pay attention to. It's got a kid, it's got cars. I'll put it on. And, you know, if it's not good, then I, I won't watch it when he's around. Yeah. It's a good thing that I did not watch it while he was around. Really? This movie is fucking off the rails. Oh, well, I just read the first part of the plot. yeah that's already enough (laughs) so the plot as it's listed on imdb is that this kid runs away from abusive parents steals a mustang and then he essentially drives around to these different gas stations to play this like promotional scratch-off card game like uh, almost like like a monopoly game from mcdonald's like one of those type (laughs) of games yeah i know that that first sentence says he runs away from his abusive parents they don't ever show the parents on screen. What the heck? You just hear in the background, like you hear them arguing while he's, he's like working on this woodshop project and you hear them arguing in the background. And then you find out that what he's been making in the woodshop are these like stilts so he can drive a car. Because <laughs> his feet don't reach the pedals. <laughs> That's, this movie sounds crazy. Now it only gets weirder from there. So, Like the first gas station that he goes to, he meets the first of these incredibly bizarre characters that number one, don't seem to realize that he's 10. Like everybody treats this kid like he's an adult for some reason when he looks 10 and like, okay, this first guy that he meets at the gas station, he's flying a kite in the air and it turns out that he has his face on the kite and he's trying to make it go as high as possible so God can see his face on the kite. <laughs> what? And, you know, like I said, I'm folding laundry. I'm not really paying 100% attention. And then this kid out of nowhere says, I'm 10 fucking years old. Oh, my gosh. And I said, okay, I guess this isn't for kids. And I'm no. starting to pay a bit more attention. Drew Barrymore is on the, on the cover. Like a oh, young yeah, Drew Barrymore is on was. the cover. 
but she's in the movie for maybe like 10 seconds. Oh, that's a ripoff. Yeah, it's um this movie is wild. Like if you're looking if you take mushrooms and watch this movie, you're probably in for some weird shit. <laughs> Honestly, just seeing some of the like stills from the movie, it just seems real weird. Oh, it's it's like a fever dream. Everybody they don't even pay with like American money. They pay with money from the Netherlands. Everything is so weird. It's almost like it's a dream. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's that's Motorama uh 1991. It's really hard to recommend Motorama to be honest. Not enough. I'm gonna, I don't think I'm going to add that to the list. It is pretty rough. Yeah, it sounds a little it sounds a little off to me. I'll skip that one. Yeah. Um, so that's what I've been watching. Do you have anything else you've been watching? I binged Waco on Netflix. That was really interesting. Like before or like towards the start of quarantine, I started watching The Outsiders, um, that HBO series they did. It's based on a Stephen King book. I'm as baffled by this conflicting evidence as you are. Did you kill my son, Terry? Look at me! Terry murdered a child. Everything he does after that is like he's begging us to catch him. What kind of criminal does that? He didn't do it. The evidence and the counter evidence. I'm struggling with that. Where are you going with all this? Is that Terry Maitland? 70 miles away. The same day, the same time as Frankie Peterson was murdered. A human being cannot exist in two realities at the same time. I didn't kill that kid, Ralph. Really yes, good. let's talk about The Outsider. I watched really that. Creepy. I liked it some creature comes to earth i guess or was already on earth and um inhabits a different person like they it's like a clone like they clone themselves into that person and commit crimes and then that the original person they get in trouble for it and they go to prison it's just it's a pretty crazy show like you said you you've got this thing and we don't really know what this thing is but it transfers from body to body via scratching you. Oh, that's right. And then it turns into whatever that thing is. And yeah, just it kind of keeps feeding off of different things. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's shot really well. I personally, again, without giving anything away, I thought it started way better than it ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you were disappointed with the ending like I was. I was hoping it would it would have been a more satisfying ending. I feel yeah. like it was kind of the ending was kind of rushed. It felt like it. It definitely felt mm-hmm. like it. Um there is a scene near the end of the series where there's a shootout that I thought was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That was cool. That was the one good part about those last I don't know if it was the last episode or second to last episode. And that was good. And that's The Outsider. You can find that on HBO. Mm -hmm. Uh, Waco. So I haven't seen Waco. I know that it has Michael Shannon in there. Um, Tell me about Waco. That was a good one. Um, So basically, it's just kind of covering this. They didn't call themselves a cult, but they were a cult. Um, And they had guns. And so the FBI knew. And they... um, they held a siege on them and uh it ended in bloodshed and there was a it was like a negotiate hostage negotiation type of deal for i don't know if it was like it was 40 40 something days and um it didn't end very well for the cult members um but i read this book called stalling for time and that's um, based on the negotiator, and he wrote that book. 
Um, and he went into detail with a ton of different cases, um, but he was a hostage negotiator for the FBI. And that book was really interesting. But um, the show, I would 10 out of 10 recommend. Michael Shannon is the negotiator. And then uh, Taylor Kitsch is in there as well. Yeah, he's um, David Korach. He's the cult leader. Yeah, and like you said, true story happened in 1993, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, they, I mean, what IMDb says is the FBI and ATF sees religious leader David Koresh's Branch Davidian compound near Waco, Texas. It was pretty messed up, though, the way they handled it. Yeah, you're the second person to recommend this one to me, so mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to checking this out. No, I would I would. I have um another book on Waco, one of the survivors. I haven't read it yet because right now I'm busy reading Salem's Lot. Oh, have you ever read that before? No, I literally before this I just finished Lord of the Rings, all three of them, and then I read that Stalling for Time. Very cool. How are you enjoying Salem's Lot so far? I like it. It's creepy. Yeah, old Stephen King is, I mean, most of Stephen King is awesome, but old Stephen King especially. Yeah, I have it on my list also. You know, if you've never read the book Needful Things, you should give that a spin too. Super good. They made a really bad movie out of it, but it is a very awesome book. Yeah, I saw they did like a TV series for Salem's Lot, but I'm not going to watch that because it looked pretty bad just from the pictures. Um, Yeah, they did like a mini series on TV with Rob Lowe. And then the 1979 series they did. And then in 1987, a return to Salem's Lot. Hmm. Salem's Lot, that's another one that will probably have a remake at some point. They should do that. They already made it. They did. Well, it's not a remake, but Dr. Sleep. So they could, they should do that. That would be a good movie. So let me ask you this. Do you have any Stephen King movies on your list? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I have two. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I love his the movies. Well, let's get to the list. So like I said, I force my guests to come up with a five list. They choose that list. The only rule is that they can't pick top five movies of all time. You chose five scary scenes. So why did you choose this list? Well, I just love horror movies. So I figured that'd be something fun to take a look at the movie scenes that freaked me out the most or just I just really liked why do you love horror movies that's a great question (laughs) I think I just I don't know maybe I just like to be scared (laughs) but I don't know I like I like creepy movies and things I guess you know all my friends know I'm a little bit weird (laughs) (laughs) so here when you um like what's your ideal situation for watching a horror movie is it with like a packed crowd is it with some friends in the dark at the house is it by yourself like what's your ideal horror movie experience i i mean i like watching horror movies with friends but realistically i'm normally by myself in my room in the dark (laughs) got it so you can cover (laughs) up yeah I really like horror movies too. I didn't start loving horror movies until probably 10 years ago, which is kind of weird. Like I I didn't grow up in a house where horror was a movie genre that we rented. Were were your parents uh, those ones that rented the horror movies? Oh yeah. I mean, they don't like horror movies now, but I still do. But they introduced me to a few, not only one on my list, but got it. That one so yeah, I was in, I was, well, I'm a lot older than you. And so when my parents would go to a blockbuster, which I don't know if you ever got the chance to go into a of blockbuster. Course. Okay. Yes. I remember blockbuster. So, you know, my, my parents would go to a blockbuster and just come back with whatever the video store clerk recommended to them. 
And it was never horror. So like I didn't start getting into horror until later in life. And yeah, let's get to this list. So like I said, my list criteria was like stuff that still scared me today. And I think yours, Mm -hmm. uh, you said the same thing about yours. So first one is from 2002. And this is a movie called The Eye. Trust your eyes. You rely on your senses. You think you're alone. But you'll never be sure again. There is more to fear than you can see. How can you trust that they are real? It was remade with Jessica Alba for the US in like 2008. And the remake was terrible. But the, it it was. The original though was, it was a pretty good movie with some really genuine scares. The basic plot of the eye is that you have this girl who's been blind since she was two years old and now she's 20 and she has an eye transplant. And so she can finally see after 18 years. Unfortunately, the eyes that have been given to her, she can see. It's almost like a sixth sense type of thing, but she can see things that are about to happen that are that are evil. Oh, and there's a particular scene with elevators and I don't want to give too much away. It's kind of hard with a list like this and not to give some things away. Um, Yeah, but there's a scene with an elevator and this girl's standing in front of the elevator and the elevator doors open and there's a man standing in the corner looking the other direction and she doesn't want to get in this elevator. And then This other couple gets into the elevator and the doors close and she looks up at the security cameras and she sees just the two people in there and the the man's gone. And then she gets into the next elevator and as soon as the doors close, the man's behind her again. Oh no. And he turns around and his face is not all there and he starts slowly coming to her from the back of the elevator to her at the doors, but he's not walking. His feet are just floating about an inch off the ground and the doors open and it gets wild. It's super worth watching the eye, but even if you don't watch the full movie, just watch that scene on YouTube and it will probably terrify you. (laughs) This is the one from 2002. Yeah. It's the eye from 2002. Okay. I did watch the one with Jessica Alba. It didn't. It wasn't remarkable for me to remember it because I forgot about it. Yeah, the the remake was really bad, as a lot of remakes are. Yeah. During the mid two thousands, there were a bunch of like remakes of foreign horror movies, like The Grudge. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the Ring was one of those. The Ring was awful, but it, that girl scared me. Oh yeah, The Ring may come up on my list in a little while. I was gonna say The Grudge. Um might be on my list too all right what's your number five all right so my first one and i feel like most people find this scary but the 1973 exorcist somewhere between science and superstition there is another world, the world of darkness. Nobody expected it. Nobody believed it. And nothing could stop it. I'm pretty sure everyone has been horrified by this scene when they're trying to exercise the demons and she's, um, the little girl is vomiting, her head's twisting and just 
crawling. It's just that whole entire scene terrorized me. How old were you when you watched The Exorcist? <laughs> That's what's bad. I think I was, I don't know how old I was. I know I was young. Maybe like, I'll guesstimate, maybe like eight or 10. Between oh, those. wow. I was young. Yeah. Yeah, that one got me. Just like thinking about that scene, ugh, it makes me cringe. Yeah, that scene is horrific. The scene that mm-hmm. stands out to me still from The Exorcist, and this actually almost made my list, was the spider walk down the stairs. Ew, stop. I'm oh, I'm, I'm cringing. I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> it makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah, that Exorcist, scene, oh. masterclass in horror. Yeah, that's a classic. Everyone, I'm pretty sure everyone was horrified by at least one scene from that movie, if not all of them. Yep. And, you know, if you're one of those rare people who hasn't seen The Exorcist, if you like horror, you have to see The Exorcist. The basic story is that you have this 12 year old that's possessed and the mother brings in two priests to try and excise the demon. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, things get crazy. No, the demon possession movies always freak me out. They're too much. My number four. I didn't do these in any particular order, so I'm just going to bring up the one I talked about a second ago, and that's The Ring. So ring from uh, the ring from 2002 starring Naomi Watts. Uh, the ring is the ring is really one of the first horror movies that I saw in a theater. Uh-huh. I mean, like the first like pure horror movies. I used to watch the like the teenage horror movies like Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm-hmm. I saw those in theaters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the ring was like the first I want to say it's like one of the first straight up horror movies that I watched with a big crowd and it was a ton of fun the scene in particular. So uh, I guess I should set the stage. The plot is that there's this mysterious videotape. And when you watch this videotape, you die a week after you watch the tape. That's pretty much what it is. Mm-hmm. It sounds so stupid when you just say it like that. The scene, I think that when people think about the ring, the most iconic scene from the ring is this girl who climbs out of the TV. Uh, uh. But that's that's actually not the scene that I found the scariest in the ring. The scene that I found the scariest is Naomi Watts and I think it's her sister are talking about one of the girls who had died from watching this videotape. And then it jump cuts to her opening the closet and you see the girl dead in the closet and her face is all twisted and looks super grotesque. And that's what I remember from the ring. That was like the scariest. It comes out of nowhere. Like they're just having this conversation and then jump scare to this girl in the closet. And it just freaked me out. Mm -hmm. Watched it again, knowing what was going to happen for this episode. And it still freaked me out. Yeah, no, the ring scared me for a while. I would always like look at corners, scared that that girl with her black hair over her face was just sitting there. So that was my number four, the ring from 2002. My next one is The Grudge. The whole time I was in that house, I felt something was wrong. What happened there? And it's not just one particular scene, it's all of the scenes with that (laughs) creepy kid and then, um, almost it looked and then it's like a woman too 
but any scene with that creepy face and that sound it makes mm, I can't it that's scared me and scarred me for a while especially um it's with Sarah is it Sarah yeah Sarah Michelle Geller when she's showering and those hands come out of her head that I can't shower I still <laughs> I'm always like thinking what's is hands gonna come out or just anything to this day you still haven't showered since then to this day I don't shower because I'm scared have you seen the new grudge that came out like early this year I did what did you think of that grudge I didn't really like it I heard really bad things yeah I feel like it was just unnecessary I liked it better when it was, I think it was set in Tokyo. Yeah, it was in Tokyo, yeah. I, I preferred it when it was set there instead of here in the U.S. So this, uh, the grudge is, uh, it's like a curse story. So this person gets a curse and it basically locks you into this rage before killing you and moving on. Yep. It gets wild. Um yeah, no, that creature child still makes me cringe. I did not realize that there were so many grudge movies. There's like yeah, three American sequels mm-hmm. and then an American remake. And there's like a ton of Japanese sequels, too. I feel like the Japanese sequels would probably be more worth watching. Those might be scarier. So I watched the original Grudge, like the Japanese one, and I didn't think it was, I honestly didn't think it was that great. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah, because even like the Grudge 2, I saw that. It was not great because I don't remember it. Yeah, I guess that's one of the telltale signs. If you watch a horror movie and you can't remember anything from it, probably not great. Yep, yep that's that's how I gauge it. If I don't remember it, it wasn't good. So that was your number four, The Grudge from 2004. Mm-hmm. My number three, we're going to go back to the 80s for this one. 1982's The Thing by John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Classic. 12 men have just discovered something. For 100,000 years, it was buried in the snow and ice. Now it has found a place to live. Inside where no one can see it, or hear it, or feel it. I know I'm human. Some of you are still human. This thing doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to, but it's vulnerable out in the open. If it takes us over, then it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's one. You guys gonna listen to Gary? It beat one of those things! Yes, so The Thing has a ton of really scary moments. Um, This is about a team that is in Antarctica. And while there, they find a creature who imitates things almost like the outsider, but Mm -hmm. uh, it pops out in in various ways. And you never really know who is The Thing uh, until they start like acting bizarre. Oh, there's so many good scenes in the thing. There there really are. I'm looking at all the pictures and every one of them. Yeah. There's a lot of, if you're into body horror, there's some grotesque stuff in Mm -hmm. here. The scene that I'm thinking about though, that scared the shit out of me is (laughs) the blood test scene. They, they realize that this thing is Hmm, what's the best way to say this? It's affected through blood. So mm-hmm. they cut everybody and they collect their blood and they take a hot poker and they put it in the blood. And if the blood is unaffected, then you are not the thing. <laughs> um, Kurt Russell is playing McCready and he is testing each of these blood vials and he finally gets to one that is the thing. And when he touches the poker to the blood, the blood pops up out of the vial or out of the dish that it's in 
and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> and then the next scene that follows it is, again, some crazy body horror because they've found out who the thing is. Classic horror movie. Uh, that is The Thing from 1982. There was a uh, like a prequel that came out in 2011, but I never watched that movie. No, neither have I. I don't think I will. Yeah, and it's just called The Thing as well, which is kind of stupid mm-hmm. to name your prequel the same thing as the original. But, you know, I might watch it because um, Christopher Hivju, he's Tormund from Game of Thrones. I would maybe want to watch it. He's in it. But I don't know. It looks too computerized, all of the creatures. Yeah, that's one great thing about the thing is that uh, a lot of my most of it back in 82 was done practically. And mm-hmm. just like you, I like my practical horror effects. They just look so much better. They do. It doesn't look that like it doesn't look as fake as if it's computerized. Yeah, I like the the um, traditional effects with maybe a little bit of CGI enhancement. But yeah. when everything is CGI, you just you can tell. Yeah, no, it takes away from the movie. So that was my number three, The Thing from 1982. What's your number three? So Stephen King, Dr. Sleep. You're magic, like me. I need you to listen to me. The world's a hungry place. A dark place. Hi there. I only met two or three people like us. They died. When I was a kid, I bumped into these things. I don't know about magic. I... I always called it The Shining. And it's kind of a couple of scenes that they don't horrify me, but they're pretty, like, could be horrifying to some people, I guess. Um, It's just more disturbing. So when they, have you seen the movie? I have not yet, and I really want to. It's a sequel to The Shining. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. It was, I liked it. Um, So there's these creatures in this movie, um, and they use steam to, like, give them life and, like, rejuvenate them. So they're stabbing this little boy, and I saw it in theaters. It was, They were not playing. They showed <laughs> you. It was so bad. Like, it was pretty hor- Like it was pretty traumatizing. Um, but then they go back to the Overlook Hotel later, and you see that big pool of blood again, like you see in The Shining, which was really cool. Um, and I loved that at the elevator. And then... Um, they're, I think this was my favorite scene, is um, they're back at the hotel. You'll see all of the ghosts again. And they're going to come after someone, which was really satisfying. But like, wow. you'll see like the ghosts um, throughout the hotel when they're going through it, which was pretty cool with the twins. Um, and then it just gives you some flashbacks to The Shining throughout the whole movie, which is really cool. Dr. Sleep, that's from 2019? Yes, so not old. Just last year. My number two is from 1980. This is the oldest one on my list. It is from the very first Friday the 13th. Hello? Who's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing out in this mess? One. Two. You're doomed. You're all doomed. Three. We weren't doing anything. We were just messing up. Four.
imagination. Seven. Can I help you? Hello? Eight. Nine. Ten. So Friday the 13th, um, obviously iconic horror franchise Mm -hmm. and one of the most recognizable horror villains of all time, Jason Voorhees. Everybody knows the mask. Now, the very first movie was a different killer. The very first movie was his mother that was killing people at the camp. And have you seen this recently? No, it's been a while, but now I'm going to have to rewatch it. So it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's all right, but as a slasher movie, like it's, it's just kind of the formula, right? There's inventive yeah. kills, but nothing's really scary to no. me anyway. Um, it feels really cheesy. Oh yeah. That's I think with most 80 horror movies, but they're classics. Yeah. But there's a scene at the end that it like really, really freaked me out. Um, the main girl the last, the final girl, she survives, you know, and she is in a boat. So she goes into Crystal Lake in this boat because the mom, Pamela Voorhees, is dead and she's just waiting for the cops to show up. And the cops show up and the music starts like the movie's <laughs> over and you're about to see the credits roll. And like it lingers on her for a really long time. So all you're waiting for are the credits to start scrolling up from the bottom of the screen. And this young Jason Voorhees pops out of the water, grabs her out of the boat, brings her down into the water. And then it cuts to like her in a mental hospital. And it was, or not a mental hospital, a regular hospital. Mm-hmm. Cuts to her in a hospital. And it is, it was so out of left field for me. It scared the crap out of me. Uh, I watched it with my wife, Jackie, and she jumped <laughs> like out of the bed and uh yeah it was, i can picture her <laughs> yeah and she's not a horror movie fan at all but she was watching no. it the same way like oh this is corny this is cheesy yeah. this is even scary and then that scene happened and she literally jumped that is so funny. yeah it's one of the classic jump scares uh yeah. the original friday the 13th uh from 1980 so my next one these to me they're not scary but i really love these scenes Um, It's from It and then It Chapter 2. When you're a kid, you think the universe revolves around you. You think that you'll always be protected and cared for. Then, one day, you realize that's not true. Because when you're alone as a kid, the monsters see you as weaker. You don't even know they're getting closer. Until it's too late. Here. Take it. And I am notorious for watching these movies all the time. I fall asleep to them. So they're not oh, wow. scary. they're not scary to me. But my favorite from the first it is when Pennywise is coming out of the fridge and he kind of does a little dance towards Eddie. It's a, I mean, it's not scary, it's just it's creepy. But I love that scene. And then from it chapter 2, this one was just it was pretty funny. Um but it was also pretty disturbing. So when Eddie has his flashback to the pharmacy and he sees his mom 
and he sees that leper just the leper in general from the first one and then chapter two is just cringy I like that flashback but the best part to me is when Eddie um like pulls the sheet and then sees nothing and then the leopard jumps out at him and he this is what gets me is when he starts choking him and he gets so pumped that he's killing this leper and then the leper just pukes all over him (laughs) that that scene is 10 out of 10 it's so funny and then just the way he runs out of the pharmacy after I mean, I guess to some people it could be scary, but it, to me, is just not scary. It was one of the most fun times I had at the theater when it came out. Yeah, it was so funny. Have you ever seen the original It? Yeah, and it was pretty boring, I'm not going to lie. I hated the original It, and I was not really excited for the remake, and I loved the remake so much. Those two movies are one of my favorite movies. Like people think I'm insane for falling asleep to this to either of those movies, but I love them. Like they're not they're not scary to me. They're so good. They're almost well they they are scarier than like Stranger Things, but they have the same type of yeah. vibe as Stranger Things, which I think is kind of yeah. neat. Like the kids are so funny. Yeah, they definitely have uh, amazing chemistry. Mhm. They're so they're so cute. But I love those movies. And I mean, they're in the horror genre, but they're definitely just scenes that I just really enjoy. My number one is from Ari Aster. It's called Hereditary. Come on, Peter. Yes, you're suing. It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. It's grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? Even when you were a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear I can feel them in the room. Oh my God. No, that's a good one. I could put so many scenes from Hereditary on this list. But the scariest one to me is a scene where her son wakes up and he walks downstairs and he sees a body on the ground and he's looking at the body and the camera is focused on him looking at the body. And the first time I saw this, I didn't even notice in the upper left-hand corner near the roof is his mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she's so possessed. <laughs> yes. And yeah. she's just pinned up against the roof in the background and you don't even see it. And then like all of a sudden, Um, You know, you see her in focus and then it zooms back out of focus. He looks away, he looks back and she's gone. And she comes out of a different shadow and starts chasing him through the house. It was fucking terrifying. And I watched this in a theater with, uh, with my best friend and like a good crowd and the whole play, like it was so (laughs) silent. You could hear a pin drop and then everybody just jumps up like, holy shit. (laughs) It was yeah. such, oh, that, that whole movie, Hereditary is crazy. And I, I talk about Hereditary a lot because it is one of those movies that just like has so many scenes that stick with you. But that was definitely the scariest scene in Hereditary. That's 2018. Yeah, that movie was pretty twisted. It didn't really scare me, but that scene was pretty disturbing. But that, I feel like that movie all around was just disturbing. Oh, 100%. It's, um, have you seen his follow-up, Midsummer? No, I'm kind of avoiding it because I don't know if I want to watch it. Oh, if you decide, if you say, you know what, today's the day I'm going to watch Midsummer, come over and watch it at my house. You guys have a good system there. Shoot. I've seen bits and pieces and I've seen like clips from YouTube. And I'm like, oh, it's cringy. Like some of the stuff, like just uncomfortable. Oh, it's 100% uncomfortable. And 
it's made to me it's made even more uncomfortable because it's set in the daytime in the light like you don't have anything hiding in shadows everything is in plain sight and it's insane but i do like the the main girl i like her she's she's fantastic in it yeah she's really good I, i mean i've only seen her in um what's the movie fighting with family oh yeah yeah that one was i liked that movie i liked her she's badass She's uh, about to be in the Marvel Black Widow film as well. Yeah, I saw that and I was pretty stoked. Yeah, she's great. She's going to be, you're going to see her win an Oscar someday. I like her. She's really good. Really good. All right, what's your number one? So mine is from 2013, The Conjuring. All right, it's 918. We're headed down into the cellar where the door's just opened on its own. Give us a sign that you want to communicate with us. Nothing. What are you guys? Well, we've been called ghost hunters, paranormal researchers. But we prefer to be known simply as Ed and Lorraine Warren. There's someone here that would like to talk to you. There's something horrible happening in my house. I mean, most of the movie is pretty, like, scary. But the scariest part that really, like, had me jump back was um, when the mom, Carolyn, when she was possessed and they had her at the chair or tied to the chair, and she straight broke through the blanket. And when she shoved her crazy-looking face out, that freaked me out. And then when she was crawling in the – I think she was, like, crawling in the walls – trying to get to one of her kids that just that whole scene freaked me out I was literally like I was sitting so close to one of my cousins when we watched that at a friend's house that movie it got me that one I think that's one of the scarier movies I feel like the newer um the Conjuring 2 was kind of scary but I feel like the first Conjuring hands down is the scariest I kind of get that insidious, sinister. I get them all kind of yeah. mixed up in my head. Because they have um, the same guy, that pa- that guy, Patrick Wilson. He's an insidious. Yeah, he's an insidious too, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I like those movies. It's pretty cool um, with Ed and Lorraine Warren. They're a cool couple. Um, but yeah, The Conjuring, 10 out of 10, made me scared. Very cool. So that was your number one. Running back through my list, um, and you can do the same after me. So my list from five to one, I had The Eye from 2002. I had The Ring, The Thing, Friday the 13th, and Hereditary. So The Exorcist, The Grudge, Dr. Sleep, It, and It Chapter 2, and The Conjuring. Did you have any that were that almost made your list? That was pretty much it, but I had thought about The Ring also. Mm. And I was choosing between The Ring and The Grudge because they are both like kind of similar to me. So I almost put Insidious on my list. It was on my list until mm-hmm. like the very last moment. Uh, specifically the scene where she there's a girl telling him about a dream she had about their kid. Mm-hmm. And he turns around, like the camera pans back to him and the demon's standing right behind <laughs> yeah. him for a split second. That freaked me out that demon was scary and they had a lot of good jump scares in those movies sinister almost made my list that movie was messed uh that was a good movie i forgot about that one poltergeist almost made my list oh that's a classic yeah the scene with the clown that i'm sure everybody knows now or this back in the 80s clowns were just an acceptable decoration for a kid's room Honestly, no, just no. I can't imagine anyone thinking that's a good idea now, at least. Oh, now with the uh, with how popular it is, probably it never will be again. <laughs> no, I have. Um, I got one of the posters. It was on the Best Buy display. Um, well, I got the whole movie display for it, Chapter Two, and I have. I, ha- I cut it off a little bit, but I have like his eye, and it's in my closet. <laughs> Yes, you are a little demented, I guess. I know. I know. My poor mom. <laughs> <laughs> she hates it. 
Well, cool. Hey, I had a ton of fun um, having you on here. And thanks for this list topic because I really enjoyed looking these up and revisiting some of those classics that scared the shit out of me in the past. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. I love horror movies. Remember, anybody can be a guest on this show. The only requirement is that you love movies. If you have a five list that you want to discuss with me on air, you can email me directly at force5podcast at gmail.com or head to the website force5podcast.com, which has a show request form and other Force 5 related content. Until next time, watch movies. What I need is a woman who can think and fight and chew gum at the same time. (laughs) Force 5.